Have you ever felt like nobody was there? Um, no one signed your cast. Now we can both pretend we have friends. I'm sorry about my brother. Have you ever felt forgotten in the middle of nowhere? I wish everything was different. I wish I was part of something. I wish that anything I said mattered. Have you ever felt like you could disappear? Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, yeah, that's mine. I'll, I'll, I'll just take it. Wait, I really, I need that back. Like you could fall and no one would hear. Connor took a letter from me and it was an assignment from my therapist. Still. Even when the dark comes crashing through. Connor's mother and stepfather are here to see you. When you need a friend to carry you. Connor wanted you to have this. And when you're broken on the ground. Dear Evan Hansen, he wrote it to you. His last words. Connor took his own life. He won. I'm sorry Connor didn't write this. You will be found. So let the sun come streaming in. Cause you'll reach up and you'll rise again. Lift your head and look around You will be found 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 Welcome back to the one, the only, Minorities Report Film Podcast, the review edition, and this is your colorful perspective. It's a dear Evan Hansen. Two of your favorite Minorities are back here reporting for duty today. My name is Raul, and here with me I got that dude, the guy, the one, the only, Colby Mack from Colby Told Me. Yo, yo, what up? It's your boy, Colby Mack. I like the musical theme. <laughs> I'm glad you got it. Going on there. <laughs> uh, we are here. We're going to be discussing uh, Dear Evan Hansen, how we felt. Uh, we have not gone in depth, Colby Mack. I'm not sure where you stand. Um, I know where a lot of other people stand. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm ready to, to talk it out. I'm ready to, to to hash out all the things that are being said, um, how we felt. I'm looking forward to hearing your point of view. Um, and yeah, we're going to get into that conversation. It's going to be good. But before we do, make sure you give us a follow on all the socials at MReportPod. That's Twitter. That's Instagram, of course. Make sure you check out the site. Any and all new content, written reviews, TIFF coverage, soon to be NYFF coverage, New York Film Festival. It's going to be a lot of good stuff on there. Check it out. Uh, mreportpod.com. First up and only on the report is our non-spoiler general thoughts, followed by our spoiler-filled conversation on all things uh, our thoughts, as well as what's happening out there. We're going to get down into it. On the Broadway to big screen, adaptation of the musical Dear Evan Hansen. Film adaptation of the Tony and Grammy award-winning musical about Evan Hansen, a high school senior with social anxiety disorder and his journey of self-discovery and acceptance following the suicide of a fellow classmate. Uh, This adaptation to the big screen is directed by Stephen Chopsky. Did I say that right? Chabosky? Chabosky? Chabosky. Writers, Stephen Levinson. Based on the musical stage play and book by 
Steven Levinson. And of course, this film is starring Ben Platt, Julianne Moore, Caitlin Deaver, Amy Adams, Amanda Stenberg. Yo, this cast, wow. <laughs> Yo, roll. I went in so ice cold to this movie. I didn't watch a trailer. I didn't know who's in it outside of Ben Platt, like legit. So when oh, I came to this movie, thing, I said, wait, hold on. In my mind, I thought this was a Netflix movie. And uh, I didn't know oh. it was going to just start having this roster. I was like, yo, I know that guy. I know that guy. That's Amanda Stepper. Holy. <laughs> I got to tell you, I am loving going in super duper cold to movies because I, I cannot create any sense of like uh, uh, expectation. Like there's no bar that I've created in my head and it made for a very surprising experience. Okay. So listen, let's stay in that, in that theme. It sounds, it sounds mostly positive. I agree with you. The cast, the ca- it's, it's so funny because, you know, you have Amy Adams, you have Julianne Moore, you know, uh, icons, right? Stars in their own right. Uh, they're incredible careers. And then we have, you know, uh, uh, Kaylin Deaver, who's like, you know, ever since Booksmart, we're like loving seeing her and stuff. We want to see her and more stuff. He, uh, Dre saw this with me and she was like, oh, that's that, that's the girl. And it was like halfway through the film. She's like, ah, that's the girl from Booksmart. And I was like, yeah. she was like, man, she's good. And I was like, yeah. Uh, Amanda Stenberg is, she's fen- phenomenal. Um, ben Platt, uh, awesome in this film. Um, I know, it's awesome. I know whatever you say about his age, awesome in this film. Um, and yeah, so I agree with you on the cast and everything. But how did you feel about everything else? How did you feel uh, about the film? How did it impact you? You know, musical. Um, you, I know that you have an affinity for musical, much like musicals, much like I do, especially good musicals. Um, you know, you went into this completely cold. I, at the very least, knew I was walking into a musical. I had watched the first trailer. I knew very little. I knew that the stage musical. Uh, I, I said stage play the other day, and uh, a, a, a musical uh, lover snapped at me and said, no, it's not a play, it's a musical. So I apologize. The stage musical, (laughs) I knew that it was a very successful stage musical, um, that Ben Platt had started it, and and yeah, and the people, absolutely, it's beloved. Um, And that was being adapted. I didn't know much else about the story until I saw the trailer, Um, but you went in completely cold. It surprised you. You know, how did you feel overall about the entire experience? So... Going in cold definitely, like I said, allowed me to not create this bar or bias, right, in any sense of way, outside of the press images of homeboy Ben Platt, and I guess we're going to call this makeup to de-age him practically, and I literally was scared because I'm like, oh, this must be a joke, or Kobe, don't be insensitive. Since you have no idea what the story's about, maybe this dude's got some type of condition that he can't control. Apparently, that's not the case. This was just a choice because the powers that be love Ben Platt. Let me tell you, Raul. Let me tell y'all, everybody who's listening. I understand why they chose Ben Platt. Yeah. This mo- yo, this dude. Yo, let me. So, for those of you that don't have the vaccine, I highly recommend you getting it. For those that don't, this motherfucker could sing it out of you. If you got COVID, I'm very sure that he could sing to you and the shit would leave your body. Okay, Ben Platt is the dude from Pitch Perfect. He's the dude that did the magic tricks. And 
Yo, he is so good. And because of how oh, good, he is. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's all I know about him, right? Like, oh, that's like the, the weird guy who did the magic tricks from Pitch yeah, yeah, Honestly, yeah. that's the only thing cinematically that I know him from. And I'm like, I guess that he's really, really good that folks really want him to do. All right, whatever. But I guess he's tied to the Broadway show. He is mind-blowingly good. He's like so good. Once I got over the distraction in literally just the first, you know, the the, the first piece of the film, and it, it was a distraction, right? Like my dude looked like he had like his like his dad was a ghost and his mom was a human being, and they produced his baby. Like <laughs> he's like some weird ghost hybrid. I don't know, bro. <laughs> like whatever. But like, yo, honestly, the music, his performance, this is well written. Like, yo. This is one of my favorite movies of the year, and I did not expect to walk away with this movie even entering the conversation of, like, best of the year for me. And while I'm a theater kid and I love seeing big screen translations, there's something about this movie that seems very small, almost like it shouldn't be a movie. It's, so it's, it's operating this, like, unique pocket of, like, really cool stuff because this is not your typical musical that makes its way into a movie, right? Like it's not kitschy to the point where it's doing musicality, like, you know, when it doesn't need to be like that movie with Rebel Wilson a few years ago, where essentially she was, you know, got hit in the head and she was trapped in a rom-com musical, right? So it's not big in that sense to justify a big screen adaptation. But I think this is just taking a really, for what I understand, a really like successful Broadway story and bringing it to an audience for a lot of people to be able to digest. And like, I gotta be honest with you, like this story, we'll get into like the particulars of like people's beefs with it. I feel like this story is super necessary. And to me, I think it was told very delicately. I think there's a lot of tenderness to this. There's also a lot of rawness to this. And I could see myself in characters that I typically wouldn't identify myself with. And I think that that's a success I believe in this specific world. I believe in the conflict. Um, and yo, this this plays a lot like an 80s and 90s film where you have a protagonist who spins a lie and has to unfortunately keep perpetuating it and digging his hole deeper and then ultimately has to kind of come to this moment of realization that he can no longer accept the benefits of the lie that they spun and have to deal with the true life consequences of it. That's what I fell in love with movies. So like it satisfied everything that I was looking for as a movie. And this is very much a Broadway musical. Um, This has the components musicality wise of a Broadway musical. This is not doing anything new. You're not going to get like new like hip hop infusions or like, you know, mashups or like that. It's a very conventional musical. But the writing in the music is stellar, like really, really good. I think the direction is really strong. Like I said, I am surprised that this is like somewhere in my top five, top 10 of the year. Yo, when I tell you that I could not be happier to hear your take on this. Remember what you told me before watching the movie. Did I tell you I was worried you weren't going to like it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I meant it. I was like, I'm worried. But like, you know, I was hearing so much hate. You know, I watched this at its premiere in TIFF, um, at the press premiere. um, And walking out, I'm hearing 
a lot of hate for this film. Um, I, luckily, I, I got to chat in with another uh, film critic, uh, established film critic from Toronto, and I was I was excited to know that he liked it as much as I did. Our tweets were similar, and um, and so we were able to chat up in that sense. But like you know, I agree with everything you said. Um, you know this this film. I, you know, I walked into it knowing that it was a successful Broadway musical, and it is one of my favorite films of the year so far. Um, not because every cinematic element is perfect, but because the narrative is powerful. The narrative is effective, and it is combined with these incredibly breathtaking performances that straight up bring you to tears. I mean, I don't cry and I cried twice in this film. You know, and, and again, not every cinematic element is perfect. The pacing isn't perfect. Like I think that it misses the point. I think some of the songs go a bit long. I know some people disagree with me on this point. I think a couple of the songs go a bit long. Um, but yo, the, the, what is most powerful about this is that there is this magical element to this story with the music that is so catchy and so good and so, you know, heartbreaking and heartwarming equally, you know, and it's like, a, it's a combination of these incredible elements that it's these performers that are giving you performances that are completely believable. I mean, Ben Platt, yes. Does he look like he's in his late twenties, possibly 30 years old? Yeah, he does. And for those people that are saying he was over, he was 26 Maybe 27 years old when he shows. Okay. I don't understand the, like, just shave his beard. Like, we accepted Freddie Prince Jr. as a high schooler. We accepted Zach Morris as a high schooler. So, like, I don't understand the choice. I think they just should have rolled with it. But honestly, like, that's a quibble of a very small distraction. It's such a small thing. Yo, suspension of disbelief. Okay. That's like, like, mind you. Steven Chabowski casted everyone minimum of 22 years old. He wanted them all to be about the same age range. And 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 so and they all, but like, yes, Ben Platt looks older. <laughs> um, but yo, his performance is undeniable. Like it is so good. Like you said, it is powerful. It is, he delivers this like beautifully shy performance that like it really does mimic. A lot of the people I knew in high school, you know, like, like I was, you, you and I, we're like, we're, we're more on the charismatic side, but like I had friends in all circles and I had friends that were like this, that like, you know, they love going to their game shops and playing games and like all these things. And like, but like in school, they're very shy outside. There's, they're very small circles. They're very shy, uncomfortable. You say a word to them and they like, don't know what to say because that anxiety and like, and I was, I was watching this and I was just like, wow, like sure. He may not look like a high schooler, but yo, this performance is 100% like so genuine, so accurate, so good. And that is part of the magic along. Like I said, along with the, with the incredible narrative that yo, people are hating on this. And again, we're going to get into this later, but like, you know, if you, I think that there's something about the fact that this story, I think is like, triggering to some people there is something and like trigger warning you know it deals with suicide and there there I, there's something about this that is very very triggering to some people and people are getting very much in their feelings and attacking this film 
They're um, projecting onto this film. They, yeah, they're very much projecting onto this film. And it sucks because it's not deserving. Like, this this story is powerful. There are so many people moved. I was moved to tears. Uh, I, you know, and, yes, and, and, like, I completely understand. Again, it is, it is triggering. I can see where it is triggering. But, like, if you're able to get yourself out of this and know, like, I agree with you. I feel like this is a very necessary film, a very necessary story. And let me tell you something. For those that are saying, oh, this is a terrible story, yo, this is an incredibly successful Broadway musical that it was the same story. It, yeah, was, I, it, has, it hasn't it's changed. I'm having a really tough time with when I keep hearing that sentiment, like that there's a story problem. Would, to the best of my knowledge, and granted, like, yo, you and I are novices in regards to what's around on Broadway, but if this was the same story on Broadway and there wasn't much taken out or kind of like enhanced for the big screen what makes this less of the story nothing it's just reaching audiences i feel like i feel like the the theater audience goes in expecting to be moved in this way expecting to see something something more like this where i feel like a lot of the general theater uh, uh, the film audience maybe isn't ex- as accustomed to seeing something like this. That's the only thing that I can, that I can uh, chop it out down to. Like, like, I don't, I don't know what else to attribute it to, but I know that I cannot think in recent history of a, a film that seems to have triggered and personally offended so many people. I, like, I, can you think of any film that has had this effect? Oh gosh. Um, mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, mother was mother people people felt it was sacrilegious. Yeah. And so and so in that sense it's different. I think but I think this- suicide and religion, like, you know, in a sense, because of like the 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 weight of both of those things, like sure. especially now like in this climate, and, and, and it seems like we're we're kind of skipping it's it's so hard to not talk about this movie and it's importance around the narrative, right? Like I want to get sure. to like like seek like this consensus, but it's We're like gonna, there's so much yeah. of it that like pulls us this other way. But like I, I, th- these type of topics are hard for a lot of folks, and yeah. you know it's kind of I, I feel like this movie's gonna be a divider. Is it yeah. fair? I, I don't know, right? Because like th- this is what it is. But I've like yeah. this. Okay, this is not new. I've seen this story before. Right, like I, I've seen pieces of this story before. Like I mean, yo, I'm I'm in my mid thirties now, and it's like, yo, like you know, they say nothing news under you know nothing news under the sun, right? But like I've seen bits and pieces of the story before, you know. Like I said, this film's like a this feels like a nineties film to me, like you know, in a lot of respects. And sure. Look at the people who wrote and directed. <laughs> These are people of that you know of that time frame. So I kind of I get that, but there's something about that this seat that feels very authentic to the teenage experience of the. 2020s yeah and and i think you're right we i feel like we need to get into spoilers but i want to mention one more thing and that is you know that back in the 90s talking about the 90s um there was a film that had a similar effect that offended a lot of people and today is heralded as a masterpiece now i'm not saying dear van hansen is a masterpiece but uh life is beautiful it's a film that took the holocaust and turned it light because it was a father that was trying to hide the the horrors of the world from his son, mm-hmm. and so it it it, it, it kind of took that the horribleness of the Holocaust and kind of brightened it 
because we were trying to see the film through that perspective. And a lot of people were very offended at this film trying to make light of the Holocaust, but, but like they were not, it, they weren't getting what was happening. And so I feel like it, this is that this is what that reminds me the most of is I've never seen a film so discussed in this way, apart from Life is Beautiful, a film okay, that maybe, like so maybe it's 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 suicide religion movies and then the Holocaust because there the was Holocaust. that same conversation about Jojo Rabbit. Exactly. Oh, sure, 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 sure. You know, sure. And, and, and the thing is, is like the crux of the story is not. In no way is it glamorizing the the hate of what the story is about. If anything, it's applying this kind of beautiful lens to a boy, right? Yeah. And essentially the way how he's relating to a person that is completely different from him, who he's been taught to hate, and he's finding similarities in them and like in, in developing a, a friendship. Likewise, life is beautiful truly one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen. It's a story about a father and his son in a time that is unimaginable to think of a finding yeah. hope yeah. and happiness in. Yep. So yo, let's get into spoilers. Um, that's it. Like, if you haven't seen this film, we I know that a lot of people out there are saying not to watch it. Um, we recommend this film highly. Um, I think it's very much worth watching. Again, it is a trigger warning. Um, you know, if, if maybe you're a little more sensitive to these things, um, then maybe consider skipping it. But otherwise, like I very much recommend this film. Um, I think the magic is undeniable. I think the story is really powerful. The music is very catchy, very well written, and the performances, in particular from Ben Platt, which, if it's again uh, a suspension of disbelief, if you ever get the past the fact that he looks like he's in his late twenties, then uh, like his performance is undeniably incredible. Um, but hey. We're going to have spoilers moving forward. We're going to get deep into this film. Uh, so this is your spoiler warning. I'm going to make him a spoiler. He can't refuse. So, yo, Kobe Mac, t- so tell me, man, what what's happening? What I guess you can let me know what, what stood out to you, but also like what's standing out about the conversation that's happening out there? About yo, people suck, bro. Like, <laughs> yo, people suck, man. Like, I, I don't know, bro. I, I'm, I'm starting to like lose hope <laughs> in some folks because this like sweet little film, right? Like, this film in no way is glorifying or trying to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like trying to profit off the death of someone. But you yeah. would think that that this what this is this movie's about, and in no yeah. way it's not. Like, yo. Evan Hansen is a sweet kid who is socially awkward, awkward, suffers from, you know, anxiety disorder, depression, and is very much emblematic of a lot of youths in this country and how they are in high school. That's number one. He yeah. finds himself inside of a situation, which is like literally screenwriting 101, put a protagonist in a situation that seems bigger than what is going on. And this is something that's really, really big. It's a simple misunderstanding. And yeah. he kind of get caught, gets caught up, but he gets caught up in like such the sweetest way. This boy just kind of perpetuates a small white lie to give a family a sense of hope that there's their son who was tormented, hurt, in pain, went so far as to take his whole life that they can look at him as something more than a monster that they've been led to believe that he is. Yeah. 
on its face, is there anything wrong in that? No, I and, and here's like and mind you, what you're not mentioning is like he does try to tell the truth. Yes. Like and he's not moment, given he, the opportunity to let it out. Yes, and he is trying. He he says it. You know, he says, "Oh, no, 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 he didn't write that." You know, and and they're a little confused, and then they see the writing on his arm. You know, there says Connor on his cast. Um, but the the it, no, I like I'm watching this film, and in no moment, you know, especially early on, am I going, "Oh, Evan, what are you doing? This is like, oh, it's so you're a horrible person for doing this." No, like genuinely, it very much like you said is about them and he realizes oh they need this and it is not until later on in the film that he makes it about himself yes and that is when it starts snowballing and becoming this massive thing that is getting way out of proportion and you know he's not at some point it's going to crash and he's not going to be able to control it anymore and we've seen but, those stories. Like those are that's absolutely. quintessential '80s and '90s storytelling, and that's why I fell in love with films. So it's like I know for a fact that all the folks who I respect, admire, and work in in this space, they get that. Yo, this is the critics' consensus. Dear Evan Hansen does a fair job of capturing the emotion of its source material, but it's undermined by questionable casting. Let's put that aside, and a story that's hard to swallow. Once again, the same story. That the was same on Broadway. Story. So this is the thing. It's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if they want to yeah. change a story, you would have the same people saying, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. Why even do blah, 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 blah. Okay. So like, what are we doing here? Yeah. I get the casting part, but outside, and honestly, like I said, when we're talking about casting, Ben Platt is more than capable and displays in this film. And to be honest with you, I like if the Golden Globes, however they decide to do this whatever show, right? Um, he's the front runner, in my opinion. Uh, for me too. For, yes. for 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 comedy or musical now, for the Globes. People will lose their minds when they hear you say that. I, I don't know why. Now mind he, you, he's yeah, fantastic. Not- okay. As a singer, he is a phenomenal singer. So good, yes. The yeah. actual dramatic performances here, yo, like there's this one part where my boy was like welling up. I, so this is the thing, right? I don't do well with remembering songs like right off the back, right? But the emotionality that he sings with that's captured on film is outstanding because it is really, really hard to capture performances like that. And there's something that they were doing very differently where there's not a lot of ADR. They were capturing this sound yeah. all yeah. in camera, which I yeah. thought was amazing. And honestly, and I, I need to ask you because like there was this weird thing that was – I don't know. Like obviously this wasn't shot in film. But like I don't know if there was like a frame rate or whatever issue. There was a very interesting camera choice at the beginning of the film where it's like this seems like it was shot like on like handheld, like with a GoPro or something. I don't, I don't know. There was something about it that <laughs> felt very not cinematic. But then once I kind of got used to it, I was like there with it. Um, so mm-hmm. casting-wise – he is perfect casting. I change your verbiage. I have a problem with the makeup, not the casting. Because let me tell you something. Uh, uh, Caitlin Deaver, fantastic in this. She's so good. Yeah. Uh, She's Amala so good, Stenberg, yeah. fantastic. The dude who plays Connor, fantastic. He's so good. Yeah. I didn't know. Amy, okay, not to say I didn't. I don't want to say that I didn't know that Amy Adams can sing because we all remember. You know, um, what's the movie? Uh, American Hustle. No, I just I actually haven't seen American Hustle. The other one with her and um, um, James Marsden and uh, Patrick Dempsey. She plays like this uh, uh, enchanted. There we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. So I, I was like, oh, for 
forgot, I forgot that she could sing, right? Um, the dude who plays her husband. Yo, that dude could, everybody in the, Julianne Moore. I, I've heard her sing like a little bit. Like, yo, she could like really, I forgot that Amanda Stenberg can like sing, sing, sing. And everyone yeah. gets a showcase. So you want to tell me there's bad casting? I want to smack you in the face and remove your credit card. Yeah. And it's, and it's not, it, 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 that's the frustrating thing is it is not bad cast. I mean, but these are the same people that were complaining about Judas and the Black Messiah and Daniel Kaluuya playing uh, Fred Hampton. And he was 30 plus years old. He's playing a 19 year old. Yo, what? He gave an incredible performance. And won ben the Platt Academy here, Award for it. <laughs> won the Academy Award. And Ben Platt here is delivering an incredible performance. Forget his age. Put that aside. Get over it. Um, um, and and just just absorb it and take it in. Yo, put forget about it. Like put that aside. And it, it, that's something else. Yes, like I get it. I get that you wish, but like yo, I would rather they cast the best person for the performance. I said this with Judas and the Black Messiah. If I audition a bunch of people, and one person gives a, a, a performance far and above. And he's older than who he's supposed to be. Yo, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that performance ahead of everything else. As long as it's not a, he's not fifty trying to play a, uh, 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 or even forty trying to play a seventeen year old. Yo, if he if I can make him look somewhat the part, I'm gonna do it because I'm yo, I, I'm gonna put the performance ahead of everything. This is how selected people are, right? Let's let's wind backwards to the Irishman. We've got <laughs> we've got Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro. Al Pacino. Would you say that that's bad casting? No, 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 no. But like it. It's, but these it's men were Scorsese. also playing twenty-five to thirty years younger than what they are, right? I'm not chalking that up to the casting. I'm saying that's bad de-aging and CGI, right? Um, like people have to understand, like truth. Like if you're going to get into this business, like I really need you to come with it, right? Because like in no way is what Ben Platt does as a performer impacted by how bad of a casting like yo this one top critic said simply put platt sabotages the film yo there's power in our words y'all how could you yeah. say that platt sabotages the film who can watch this movie hear this man's close your eyes listen to ben platt mm -hmm. just with his regular speaking voice i can convincingly feel that he's a teenager yeah and yeah. when he sings i'm emotionally gripped with what yeah. he's going through. So that way when I go along his journey and I get to the end of the film and I'm confronted with the fact that this boy who spun this own lie to himself and his mother that he had a summer alone, climbed a tree and fell just to tell us at the end that he let go? Mm -hmm. Bro, I was ruined. The chick next to me, I, let me tell you something. My screening, it's a blended screening of press and, and regular audience, which mm -hmm. I think is great because I think that what it does, it allows the general audience who these films are made for to kind of work over on the press so they can feel stupid when they're like, oh, I guess it was effective. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like people were laughing in this movie, like laugh out loud it's laughing funny, in this yeah. movie um, at parts. People were audibly crying and sobbing in this movie that's effectiveness yeah and you know a lot of people are hating on caitlin deaver too yo my Wait, my favorite scene, oh they're saying that she's that she's not good my favorite scenes are between ben platt and caitlin deaver 
Like my favorite scenes are is between them they, two. They didn't buy. Is, is is the romance? Listen, I don't know. I will say the the one thing I like. I do wish that we had seen a little bit more yeah. of them two getting closer before she has her confession scene. Um, and that kind of came a little bit like I saw it coming, and then I was just like, okay, I wish I would have seen this developed a little bit better. But like, I can I can put that aside, and overall. I but love yo, their scenes together. Thing, the all pie I scene? needed was the that one scene. Well, okay, so no, it wasn't the pie. I don't know if it was the pie scene where it was the one where he was talking about her brother and the stars on like the cuff of her jean. Like, yeah, that's, that's the pie scene. Yeah. Okay, that, yo, that scene sold it for me. I yeah. felt the spark there. I didn't need yeah. much more because I bought it. And let me tell you something. This movie, honestly, compared to any others, does the best song dialogue that probably I've ever heard in a movie. And what I mean by that is like characters talking in song, but like the actual song is written well enough to be translate to be able to translate on its own as text, as well as like, you know, in the music. And I think that what Platt does in that apple pie scene is phenomenal because in so no good. way yes. is it like over the top. Right. And, yeah. and it's weird. Cause as a, as a, as a theater kid, I'm taught like when I'm watching a musical, I need a chorus. And this movie at any time could have had the players in the background be the chorus, and it specifically chose not to. That is very unconventional for a musical. Take yeah. the look at the Greatest Showman. I literally watch that movie five times a year because it is fantastic. Right? It is. Yeah. Imagine that movie without a chorus. It's a completely different film. Sure. Um, that call, that song, by the way, is "If I Could Tell Her," and mm. it's one of my favorite songs. Um, and because it, it works both ways, it's like it's like he's he's living this life that he's always wanted to live, but he's also doing it off the lie that seems like really icky to be able yes. to do. He's aware of this. In no way does he is he like super like you know he's not some smarmy dude who's like you know trying to like you know benefit when he shouldn't you know. And then when he recognizes that he does, he's kind of like damn man, like this is kind of yeah. getting out of hand. And you can see it like he's becoming a sense of like completely somebody different than what he recognizes. Yeah. Right, and that scene, that, yeah, and that scene is, I think it's the like pivotal scene where he's he has made it about himself. Yeah, when um, he gets into that fight like, with his at, mom. Yeah, at at the end of the day, he's 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 very much like it's it's him, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's this is all the things he has noticed about her, and he gets to tell her without telling her, yeah. you know. And I think it's it's a fantastic scene, um, and. Mind you, staying on this on this same theme, I will say I miss this I miss the moment in which which we would have gotten like like you said, I think the story does remind me of like a 90s film. We miss the scene, I miss the scene of her realizing that if they were never friends, all these things was something her brother didn't say any of these things, you know what I mean? And so for gotcha, me, okay. I'm a, I'm, I'm a romantic. So one more song of like, I can't believe that this is all a lie. Not, not, not even a song. Like, cause this, okay. this song, the songs in this compared to a lot of other musicals are few and far between. Um, yes. And so I, 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 a dialogue scene, you know, okay. um, the only song that for me, 100% is missing in this entire film. The one song that there's, there's one thing and it's not even a new song. It is, it is, bring back one of the songs from earlier in the film. Um, it's at the end. Mm. At the end of the film, when they're in the orchard, 
and she goes to walk away. I'm missing because if you remember her song, it's called Only Us. Mm-hmm. Her, her entire song fits so perfectly at the end. Which her song is, what she's saying is, like, I wish, like, can we just leave everything that has happened back there and start from here and move forward and make everything about us, not about what the horrible Ooh, things that have I, happened? I, I, I get you. I, and so, okay. And, and, I, and I don't need them to end together. Okay, cool. But I, I, okay. I would have loved, I would have loved for him to, to, for him to turn her chorus around. Yeah. And say, like, can we start? Just us from here. I get the narrative symmetry that you're looking for. I, I, I yes, get that completely. And, and then she say, like, because like she said, and the song is, would it be possible? Mm-hmm. And like, and instead of saying, would it be possible? She would say, it seems impossible. And then, you know, it kind of end in just like, a, not, at least not now. Yeah. Like it's too soon. And so it leaves hope. And and one of the complaints I do hear people saying is like, that it feels at the end that there's no hope. Like he has no hope moving forward. Like he did this thing. And mind you, he redeems himself because unlike a lot of those nineties films where he would have been caught before confessing. Yes. He does not get caught. He confesses before getting caught. Yeah. And he is the one that outs himself, which I think helps to, to turn his decision around and help him to redeem himself. Uh, put, you know, put aside however you feel about what he did about lying, whatever. A lot of people are taking this very personal. He redeems himself by outing himself to the family because he knows that they need this. Yeah. Just like when it all started, they needed this. He 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 outs himself because they need this because they're falling apart, not because of this lie. Um, he didn't need to out himself. No. So it's 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 a thing, but. Um, yeah, I would have I would have loved at the end to have that moment between them two and leave a little bit more hopeful um, rather than it just being. I mean, there's a character arc at the yes. end of the film. He's he's like, yo, there is more to life than I thought before this journey. And though this journey was bumpy and as left much to be desired, I see a better outlook in life. And this is some heavy ish for a 17 year old, bro. Like yeah. I feel for like, you know, I kids of our generation were not as emotionally available to contend with a lot of the things in life that we weren't we allowed were, to be. <laughs> we weren't allowed to be, right? So I like so like so Gen Z and I guess the new term for the 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 the, the after Gen Z they're called alphas is what they're called now, right? Oh boy. Um, yeah, so that's a new thing, right? Um there's so much more of a safe space to be able to contend with these emotions. And the fact that like this story, like this story is very new for a lot of us. And the fact that we get to see how technology influences everybody, right? Um, how it brings people together, how it still creates an atmosphere for people to be torn apart, right? Like this guy tries to do something nice. And then like in the comments, it turns vitriolic, um, how he's able to with, you know, the, the spread of, but, Ultimately, what like impresses me the most about this film is that just everybody in this movie, all of our principal characters had their moments to have their own little yeah. arcs. They all were able to walk away with something, right? Um, you have the girl at school who looks like has it all, yeah. does it. And we've seen that character before, but we're able to spend time with her in a way where like she fully sells it and I'm convinced of it. And even with her action, it's completely like kind of like a betrayal, but you understand it because she still was trying to satisfy this need of her own to be able to hit a goal. 
Like it's just mm-hmm. a goal to go, but then like, she recognized like, damn, that was wrong of me to be able to do. And then this mother and father who have had like this kind of like weary relationship over the years because of this son who's just I don't want I, I don't like I don't like to use the term damaged, but misunderstood and you know, you know, whose behavior is erratic and dangerous. Like this movie does not try to sugarcoat and make it seem like that Connor is yeah, a victim. Not. Yes. You know, I think it it, yeah. it it portrays Connor as both sympathetic, but also at the same time as very much you know like he's a perpetuator of like his own pain. I think know? it runs that line really well. Yeah, I think this. I think I think it did that for all the characters in this film, yeah. even with the mom. Right, Julianne yeah. Moore, her character's a mother. She thought she's doing the best that she can, but she was stepping on her son, not allowing him to be able to move at his own pace. You know, essentially like saying, just like, yeah. hey, take this drug, go to this doctor, you're doing what you're supposed to do. But then the one thing that she that he wanted was her to be around. Yeah. You know, like this movie just works on so many levels for me. And don't get me wrong, like why we are praising this film, yo, in regards to the way that the film looks, give me the aesthetic of uh, uh, To All the Boys I Love Before, P.S. I Still Love You. I love that teenage cinematicism. That is in that's crafted in that Netflix film. I don't know if cinematicism is a word. Kobe just coined it. Okay, it's a, it's a new one. I like it. Yeah, so, but like the <laughs> way that that film looked, if this movie sure. looked like that movie, blow my mind away. Um, like I said, the score of the film, the songs, they are conventional Broadway. So there's no hip new melody you know, or anything like that with this at all. It's a very straight, but it's very strong, you know, um, musical writing. Um, yeah. But it's very much styling in that Broadway. So if you're not a Broadway person, this ain't the movie for you, right? Now, um, I, there's one thing that I am not so, because like I'm not so familiar with Broadway musicals. I'm more familiar with like film musicals. There's one thing that this does do that I liked a lot. It happens in particular in the second song, which is when he's sitting around the dinner table and they're saying, hey, tell us stories about you and Connor. Uh-huh. And he like sings a little bit. And then the family says stuff. And yes, then he rhymes ba- based yes. on what they're saying. And he's making up a story. And it's like these nice little rhymes that he's doing. And then they talk a little bit more. And then he sings a little bit more. Putting their the pieces they're, give, they're giving him you, these bro, puzzle pieces. The way that it's written is some of the best that I've seen in a musical. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah, Because it's not behaving like a musical where it's just like the song is just instant. You have this character that's kind of fighting for it, and it comes. It almost felt improvised, but that like, yeah, that's all to Ben yes. Platt because his yeah. timing yes. is is fantastic. It's fantastic, yeah, like, yeah. He, he, it he, absolutely it's, is. It's, it's really, really good. And look, yo, shout out to Amy Adams, bro. Number one, she does frumpy like nobody's business. She can do super duper glamour and then hella yeah. frumpy at the same time, and she just knows how to like constantly like yo yo back and forth. But like it's all in her eyes, bro. You look at her, you're just like, I want to cry with you, baby. Like I just feel so sad yeah, she's really for good. you. And like she's so she's such an endearing character in this, you know. And she's not yeah. overbearing, but she could tell that she's a mom at her wit's end because she's just failing at being the best parent for her son. And there's nothing that she can do. There's no new hobby. There's no new amount of money that can make her son happy. And she is absolutely frustrated with her failure. Well, and, it's, and, and it's like Evan Hansen says in his, in one of his last songs that he says, you know, he never had a mom that was just there because mom is all she ever had to be. That's mm-hmm. all she had to be. Yeah. And she felt like she failed. You know, and so like there's there's that sense of like this is the one thing I've always had to be for like 
the last 17 years and I failed at it because my son is not here anymore. Yeah. You know, now I will say, um, um, it was, it felt a little abrupt when we find out that Connor passed. I didn't see like a lot of like mourning on the parents' face. It, sure, it, it made me sure, feel sure. a little weird. Like I'm talking, sure. if Mariah passed away, don't talk yeah. to me for a month. Um, yeah. Breathing would make me cry. But I think, I think that, I think that it's like, there is a denial because I mean, think of yeah. Caitlin Deaver's character where like, she's just like, yo, let's not pretend like he wasn't a monster. Yeah. Let's not pretend like things are not Caitlin better. Caitlin Deaver's relieved almost. Yes. She has a relief. She, like she's pained. She's mourning in her own way, but like, she's also relieved the parents. Like, I think that there is this weird sense of like, Oh, we're supposed to be hurting, but there is a sense of relief at mm. the same time. And so that's why that's I, I I put that aside as that you know as I'm getting deeper I felt the same way but as I get deeper into the film I'm like oh yeah like Caitlin Deaver is basically saying that like she says it to the dad she's just like yo you know you know I'm right like you know what I'm talking about yeah like he was terrible he threatened to kill me you know what I mean and so um, that's I chalked it up to that yeah um, bro, that but, last song Connor song bro like. One, I thought that that was I I I couldn't distinguish the, the 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 song that was playing at the end of the movie where they find. Remember, so you have Evan reaching out to friends on not Facebook um, of anybody who knew Connor, and somebody <laughs> sure. at like the rehab sent him that video of Connor. I guess it's like yeah, Connor's yeah. song. And at first, I thought yeah. that was like Evan singing, but then I found out it was Connor. I'm like, yo, right. and then. They're watching the video together, um, Caitlin Deaver's yeah. character, and then Amy Adams. And then the dad comes in, bro. I was done, son. Like, I was done, yeah. Like that, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't get how well that that was crafted, sitting in the audience and not be affected by it. Yeah. Now, I will say, I do think this film would have benefited from a director that is more musical focused. You know, like fair, like the director from The Greatest Showman, a yeah. director that like this is what this is what they're known for. Um, you know, I do love. Do you Steven think it would have been over the top? I I think I, I would hope that they would understand that it's not the same thing. Okay. You know, you have to pull it back. The Greatest Showman is like this, like greater than life thing. You know, yeah. um, and so you have to kind of reel this back for this one. Um, it's not set in a circus. It's set in a high school. So you got to pull that back. Um, and I think the material is so strong that you really just need someone that can craft these moments. Give the songs their beats so that everything can breathe as it's supposed to. And then also know where the song is best, where it's best to end a song to have its most impact. Um, I think yeah. that a, a, a director that is just familiar with that would, like, I respect the hell out of Steven Chapowski. I personally in Wallflower is one of my favorite films of the, of the last decade. Um, it's an incredible film. Wonder is an incredible film. Um, so he's a very respectable director, but here, oh, he did wonder. Yeah, he did wonder. Isn't that the movie with, um, with, with the little boy? Yes. Oh, so whoever did the prosthetics in that movie said, I got some left over. We're going to put this on Evan Hansen. That's, oh, that makes all the sense in the world now. Okay. So funny. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Uh, but yo, uh, listen, let's, I want to give, I, I want to hear your, your grade on this as we wrap up. And I want to hear, oh, wait, before anything, 
There's one more thing I want to mention because I, I don't think we talked about her enough. Amanda Stenberg. Um, first off, her song, yo, um, her moments, um, to like, she got me teary eyed. The dad scene where he breaks down got me the most emotional. Yeah. But like, yo, like there is something about her song, anonymous ones, that like her delivery. You know, at the beginning of the film. And, and I chalked this up to just great acting and great direction. At the beginning of the film in the auditorium where she walks up to the mic and she goes, go Wildcats. Yes. When I first saw that, I was like, ooh, that wasn't very convincing. Right? But then we her get a emotion- chance to travel back with her. And the thing yes. is, yes, that's where I yes. see myself. Yes. Like, it's weird. Like, it's I so very much align with Alana, the character, with that oh, anonymous one. I very much connect with Alana. Amanda Stanberg's character as an anonymous one because that's kind of who I was in high school. Yo, yeah. I'm not like this depressed, sitting, you know, wearing all black, you know, like I'm not a Connor. I'm very much the Alana where I busy myself with distractions and goals to try to escape the weight of the stuff that I got going on internally. So when yeah. she's singing and I can hear the weight and like the the, the, yeah. the just like this, like all she wants to do is just kind of like scream at how she suffers from the anxiety of having to constantly like live up to her own, like, you know, uh, uh, ambitions and goals that she sets for herself yeah. is probably impressed upon her by other people. There's probably so many people that can be able to connect with that. And it's yeah. great to be able to travel back to those moments where that yeah. go wow, makes so much more sense. Yeah. Like I thought that that was Super well done. Her reprisal, you know, at the library when she just wants to be able to see the Connor project, like she, she's still doing it, right? And like yeah. her pain is so much different than Evans, but it's so understandable and relatable in, in like at the same time. And it's yeah, so good. And that moment where she she looks at him and she says, Did I lie to all these people? Like she delivers that line so well, so convincingly, and like so it's such a quiet line. And it's so powerful, and she's so good. And I agree with you, I, I very much in a different, completely different way. I connected with her song so much because in high school it was a completely different thing. It was like a, it was like a, I went from Puerto Rico to New York, upstate New York, which is like, it was like a complete change of world, and I had to completely adapt who I was to what New York expected me to be as a high schooler. And it was a completely different person. And I had to change who I was fundamentally to who I needed to be to fit in. And it was, it, and so this song, I was just like, wow, this is so incredibly powerful and hit me hard. Um, and, you know, just that idea that what if everybody's secret is that they, they just, they have this side that they can't show everybody. And, and that whole song was powerful and she's incredibly good. Um, yeah, my girl, been, she been good since Rue in the Hunger she, Games. She, she she's been good always. And me and Desiree, yo, when she comes on screen, little me and Desiree looked at each other and we were like, yo, how is she so pretty? Yo, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm telling like, you, between her, like like my my her, uh Tessa Thompson, Google Batamra, like Kirsty Clemens, like that's like my dream light skinned queen, right? Like, oh <laughs> Joe. Yeah. yeah she, she, she is yeah, she is so pretty. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. And she's so good, she's so talented. Um, no, it, it was, her performance was phenomenal, just like everybody else's. Um, and I, I, I don't like, you know, people 
you know, uh, hitting on, uh, on all these and saying that this film is poorly casted. Like it's not poorly casted. Not say what you will. Like, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to start general thoughts and I'll get yours. Um, you know, say what you like, you can take and get your feelings or whatever and get your feelings hurt watching this film. And, and it may be triggering to you, but like, I would hope that people can set that aside, um, you know, set aside and, and just actually even give it respect for the fact that it was able to hit you in a way that you weren't expecting. I think that's a big thing is that people were not expecting this film to hit them the way it did. And so it, it it's a little bit off-putting and people don't like being uncomfortable. And this film definitely can do that to you. But like the magic works, the performances are incredible and all of it together, you know, putting aside the, the issues that it has overall, the magic is there. The film is moving and it hits on so many levels. Um, cinematically, it's not all there for me, but like the performances, the writing, the music, so good. Um, I love it. This is a film that I'm going to be rewatching regularly. I've been listening to the soundtrack nonstop. Like I put my audiobook on pause because I like my free time. I just want to listen to this music because I, I just love it like that. Overall, though, I'm grading this film at a 7.5 out of 10. Kobe Mac, final thoughts? Great. Dear Evan Hansen, this Friday is going to be an amazing day, and here's why. <laughs> because Friday, all you have to do is just be a great movie, which you are. So mm-hmm. easy. And it turns out it's not only going to be an amazing day because you're a great movie, because why wouldn't it be? You've got Ben Platt, who's not miscast, mm-hmm. maybe misapplied with makeup, but not miscast. <laughs> You've got Amy Adams. You've got Amanda Stenberg. You've got, gosh, I wish you knew the actor's name is Connor. You got Connor. You got this poignant, tender movie where I truly believe that general audiences can be able to see bits and pieces of themselves all throughout. I wish everything was different. I wish that some movie reviewers and film critics can stop projecting onto this film and trying to ask this film to be something that it was not intended to be. Mm. I wish anything I said mattered to those people in particular. I mean, face it. Would anyone even notice if I disappeared tomorrow? I guess that doesn't matter. Sincerely, your bestest and most Colbiest of Colbs, Colby Mack. I give this movie a 9 out of 10. Beautiful. By the way, Caitlin Deaver's also in this film. She's great. And his name is Colton Ryan. Colton um, Ryan. Bro, that yeah. guy's going to be a star. Like, Who is it? He, the he's little a little kinda, voice. Yo, the little kind of like, you know, Breakfast Club dance. That t- It's amazing. Yo, yeah. we were cut up in the theater yeah, when so he's good. retelling it and he's having to go back and like, what, what, Tim? Oh, for, yo, we did not even talk about the, 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 the gay brown best friend. Like, <laughs> Jared Nictadani is a, the actor's name. Yo, yeah. he's so funny. <laughs> he's so good, yeah. That song is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. No, oh. he's really good. Colton Ryan, um, he is in one of my favorite Apple TV Plus shows called Little Voice that sadly was canceled this year um, after the first season. And I'm hoping that Apple changes their mind because it's it's uh, absolutely phenomenal, and he is one of the best characters in the show. If you haven't seen Apple, uh, if you haven't seen Little Voice on Apple TV Plus, 
go watch it. He's in it. If you love to, if you love him in Dear Evan Hansen, you're gonna love him in that. Um, but yeah, yo, uh, that's it. That's it for our conversation on Dear Evan Hansen for today. I think it might be one of the few positive ones <laughs> that you'll hear. Um, I don't think it's necessary to go listen to the negative ones because it's a lot of hating. It's going to be a lot of the same repetition um, and, a, and a lot of projecting, like Colby Mack said. Um, so, yo, thanks for tuning in today. If you got a second, we would appreciate you going, giving us a review in Apple Podcasts. Uh, it takes like 10 seconds. Just uh, leave one of the reviews with a thumbs up, and that's all you need, and we would greatly appreciate it. Colby Mack, my man, thanks for coming on. Let the folks know where they can find you. Yo, you can follow your boy. I'm on all the socials at Colby Told Me. That's K-O-L-B-Y-T-O-L-D. Me on Twitter, Instagram, sometimes TikTok and Clubhouse. And if I'm in the mood to write, you can check out my words on mreportpod.com air now and then too. So when they ask you where you heard it from, you can tell them Colby Told Me. And you can find me at the Raul Nevado. And you can find us at mreportpod on Twitter and on Instagram. And... Check out the site, Kobe, like Kobe Max said, uh, written reviews on there. His written review, we got some up there. Um, and and uh, Hector Gonzalez having reviews for NYFF. Me and Shama putting reviews up for TIFF. Go check it out. A lot of good stuff. But, hey, be a part of the show. If you have a report, let us know. This is yours, Minorities Report. Peace.